Hello and welcome to Living Hope. This is Pastor Staten, and I want to welcome everybody that is joining us today. A shout out to our E family, all of you that are joining us through the internet. I want to remind you every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, you can join us live at tv.livinghopemd.com. I pray that today's message blesses you and that you enjoy the word as it is shared today. I'm so lost to be found, and I know it's in my mind. Now, we're so glad and honored to be here on the East Coast. Never thought to be the least coast. And I'm glad to be here from the West Coast. Not ever thought to be the best coast. So, so then, thankful for the invitation to come. Uh, great men's conference. Has some great, powerful preaching. And I, it just would not just focus on the men. There was some good preaching for him that hath the ear, let them hear what the Lord is saying to the church, you know. It just been kind of focused around the men, but uh, anybody can get a good taste of the Holy Ghost and stuff that was preached those over the next, last couple of days here. So we're so glad for that to be here with, uh, in that capacity. I often say that when God loves a city or a community, he always puts a church there. Yes, that's right. And so that means that everything around you is being blessed by this church being right here. Amen. Amen. And it's because God says, I'm going to put my presence right in the middle of this neighborhood. And I don't want you to, I want you to understand that when you are praising, your praise is unfeathered. Nothing can stop the airways, the stucco, the concrete. It goes through all of that. And nothing can stop the spirit of God. It goes through the walls, it goes through the ceiling. And people around you think that they're sheltered, but they're not. Because the Spirit of God just goes into their house through the brick, through the mortar, through the sheetrock. They don't even know what they're feeling. It's God going, hey, because there's a church in this. Come on, somebody. You're a part of something bigger than what you know. The, the Holy Ghost is going down every street, in every avenue, in every... Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why we worship. We worship because we know He is God, but He is now not kept captive here in this building. He's going down the street. He's over on the mall over there. He's down at, come on somebody. That's why you ought to raise your hands and begin to worship because your worship cannot be contained in this building. Man. And the second thing that I am I'm, I'm adamant about, when God loves the church, he gives them a good pastor. Amen. When God loves a city, he plants a church. But when God loves a church, he gives them a man of God. 
I hope that you know that you have a man of God in your midst today. Never, never underestimate the power of a man of God in your life. Somebody ought to say amen. And of course, his wife, she was up there praying. I go, wait a minute. I know that kind of voice. That's a preaching voice over there. They know. I go, like, your, your wife speaks, doesn't she? She goes, like, yeah, she do better than me. I want to say, yeah, I can see that, but... I didn't say that, but I did think it. I, I'd be like, wait a minute. As they be saying this out, that girl's a nerdy. <laughs> so y'all have a great church and hospitality and hosting is incredible here. Give yourself a hand right now. And uh, I, I give you uh, greetings from the I don't know if California is a state or territory. Got a cra crazy governor. Our governor told us in the middle of the of the uh, crisis, the covert. I told that chick. I said, "Listen, Miss Rona, you ain't welcome up in my crib. All right." So you just take a little Spanish stuff somewhere else. I got sick and I was in my back bedroom. My wife got COVID first. I took care of her. I cooked. I just loved on her. I got it. She met me with the door with this. I said, seriously? Took my clothes and threw them in it. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to die from the virus. I'm going to die from that junk you spraying on me. <laughs> Elder, she made me go into the back bedroom. Close the door. She brought me my food and, and put it on, the, on the, uh, the sink in the bathroom. I told Rona, I said, girl, you got to go. I mean... <laughs> Don't come back here no more. You ain't paying no rent. So you want to get up out of here, you know. Lord, so glad to be here. Romans chapter 9, uh, verses 27, 28. I believe that God already knew about the virus or whatever it was. And there were specific things that God was doing in the middle of that. And I, I never was afraid of it. I worked in a hospital, so I got inoculated. I'm probably never going to die. <laughs> and so uh, I go, it's, it's, it's the flu, baby. Don't worry about it. Everybody's dying. I go, and this, this is me, but... I'm dyslexic. My mind, I'm, I'm insane. My wife will tell you that. I said, I don't think anybody that was not supposed to die, died. They would have died from something else or from natural causes. It wasn't so much what the government was doing. It was what God was doing. And God used that to separate the wheat 
from the tares. This is the way I see it. So I just kept going to church. Six o'clock in the morning, I kept going to prayer. You could have got the virus. Seriously? I could have got the virus in my own home. I never stopped going to church. I never stopped. Hey, I saw people, <clears throat> they would go to Big Lot and all this stuff and not go to church. Wait a minute, you can catch it at the church but not in Big Lot? What planet are you from? So I went to Big Lot, I went to Costco, I went to Walmart, and I went to church. Sometimes I was the only one in there, but I was in there. I am not afraid of the house of the Lord. And I'm not afraid of the God of the house. See? So if we're still here, it's time to praise it. If you made it through, if you came all the way through, it's time to get back to the groove now. Time to tell fear, go out, I'm still living. You didn't get me that time. You ain't going to get me this time. God makes the call on who I am. Isaiah also crieth concerning Israel. Though the number of the children of Israel be as the sand of the sea, a remnant shall be saved. For he will finish the work. Would you say that with me? For he will finish the work. Now, very closely. Very closely. Cut it short in righteousness because a short work will the Lord make upon the earth. It may be a short work, but it will be a complete work. That means God is going to accelerate time. Now, you got to stay with me. I don't want to lose you. He's going to not celebrate time, but he's going to accelerate what he does in time. And things that used to take years will take months. Things that took months will take weeks. And things which takes weeks will take days. And God will accelerate himself in our day. What does that mean? That means we need to get ready for a revival that we have never seen in our lifetime. Somebody somebody raise your hand and say, I want to be a part of that. I'm feeling the Holy Ghost already. You need to get on board right now. I can feel angels. Angels are already walking behind me right now. If you don't feel that, you need to raise your hands. They're standing right here. There are angels standing right here, ready to come for you to believe that God has not finished his work, but he's going to come and accelerate his power. Somebody shout amen. I want to talk to you about this divine or spiritual acceleration. Look at your neighbor said. God's getting ready to move. Are you ready? I'm ready. You may be seated. In the natural mechanics of acceleration, it is simply defined as the rate of change of the veracity of an object with 
respect to time and space. However, in the spirit world, we're entering a season of divine or spiritual acceleration. In other words, there will be things that we have never seen that will become coming to us through a supernatural shift. And they are not limited by time nor space. That also means that things that used to take a long time to happen will be uh, moving and happening in a accelerated time period. So where we are now, we cannot think like we did back in night, well, 2020, 21, and 22. Because in 23, the acceleration is already going. Now, if you haven't felt it, it's because you're not looking for it. And God is moving in places that he has never moved before because the time is getting shorter and shorter and shorter. And God says, I got to get my work done before the deadline. So he's moving now at an accelerated rate. And so what I've got to do, I've got to simply keep up with him. Why am I excited about that? Because God's promises are yea and amen. And God cannot lie. I, I thought I got a big amen on that. We will experience uh, certain changes in the spiritual atmosphere. Dealing with time and space and in the realm of the supernatural. God will begin to be, um, um, deal with people that we thought never would come to the house of God. He will deal with people we thought there's no hope for that guy. You don't know the God that I know today. There's always hope. I wish somebody preached me. There's always hope in God. He read the message, hope thou in God. He's telling, he told himself, hope thou in God, because God is our hope today. Covert came. Covert came to not destroy our faith. It came to limit our hope. Because hope maketh us not ashamed. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the power of the Holy Ghost. And I don't need faith to believe that. I need hope to believe that. Because when you lose hope, you have left everything. When your hope is gone, your faith is gone, your blessings are gone, your anointing is gone. I refuse to live and lose my hope in God. He's the only thing I've got. If all I got is hope in God, I've got enough. You ought to jump up on your teeth and say, devil, I got enough because I got Jesus on my side. These, when God began to uh, deal with me on that, he said, son, I'm not limited. I'm not limited by time nor space. 
my abilities to bring things into my purpose will be going much faster than humanly possible. And God gives us words of promise of prophecy uh, in the word if we look for them. Again, I'm dyslexic. My brain goes from left to right and from right to left. My wife says I'm crazy, but what does she know? <laughs> so, so God does weird things in weird times. And uh, he, Habakkuk 1 and 5 says, Behold ye among the heathens, watch and regard, and wonder marvelously, for I will do, I will work a work in your day, watch now, which ye will not believe, though I, it be told. So God says, I'm going to do something in different ways that I've never done before. Now, you can believe it or you don't have to believe it, but the situation is I'm going to do it. And if we can see what God can do or is doing, we need to get on board because that's the end game. I'm going to say that again. The end game is not your will. It's his. The end game is not your purpose, but his. It's not what you want to see. It's what he wants to see. And so he's going to be doing stuff he's ever, never done before. And we're going to wonder, is this God? Look at the end results. That's going to be people coming to here. you going to say, I didn't think that person would ever. Well, I'm here, baby. If you got, young, if you got family members you think, don't count them out. I don't care if they're on crack. Don't count them off. I don't. Some of you got loved ones you've been praying for for a long time. You need to jump on your feet right now and say, God, I'm going to believe God for an accelerated power. I'm going to believe you're going to be a quick work. It's not going to take God five years to save them or five months to save them. God will go down in their living room, down in their bedroom and say, it's time for you to serve me. Next thing you know, they're walking in the door. That you don't even think they get, that God can fill anybody with the Holy Ghost. God is not afraid of my sin. Oh, I got somebody. Oh, oh baby, God ain't afraid of your sin. He's been forgiven sin ever since he's been a God. If you need God today, he is here for you. There's blood in the house. Somebody help me now. I'm not just talking about blood, blood. I'm talking about holy blood. I'm talking about redemptive blood. I'm a drug addict, and I'm preaching to you today because I had an accelerated time with God. If God can change me, I know he can change you. Somebody shout amen. Somebody say, I believe it. I receive it. It is done. As a matter of fact, my friend, we need to jump a little level in faith. And then we need to multiply our patience just because it seems like it will never happen does not mean it will never happen. Because just 
What do you think? God run out of tricks. Baby, he got a, Papa's got a brand new bag. Now that's, that's James Brown right there. He still, got, he still got tricks up his sleeve that the devil don't even know about. You're not here. Remember, the devil didn't create God. Y'all, come on, somebody. He ain't got nothing. You ought to jump up on your feet. Your crackhead daughter couldn't be here. People in this city has been backslid for a long time. God's already dealing with them right now. Right now. Because we're in a place of acceleration. God is at work right now. God, not only is he working in the day, but he works, he works the swing shift, and baby, he works the night shift. Y'all not going to help me preach up in here. Some of y'all that jumped up on your feet, God, like, he works the day shift, he works the swing shift, and I know he works the night shift. Come on up in here. And when he works the night shift, it's always accelerated. Paul and Silas casts the devil out of a woman that was a sorcerer. And for that, they got thrown in a jail cell, beat and thrown and chained. And the Bible said, at midnight. Everything, everybody knows yeah, you, you got to wait for the sunrise for something to happen. No. Jesus versus the night shift, baby. Versus the night shift. Again. Why midnight? I mean, they've been beat. I mean, could you just come before they beat me to death? Strip them down, beat them. Locked them in chains and put them in fretters. And, and it, I don't know why Paul decided maybe that's the time they get to get in there. That time they've been beat and put in and locked down. It's midnight. I was like, man. And then my mind already back. This ain't the first thing, time you did this midnight thing. You got a thing with midnight, don't you? Because it was at midnight. That the angel of the Lord went through Egypt. I'm not making this stuff up, baby. I just read it and preach it, all right? What were they supposed to do? They were supposed to put the blood on the doorpost. Why? Do you, I don't ask questions of the Bible. I ask questions of the text. Why? Not why it, was it at midnight, but what's the blood all about at midnight? And then I'm thinking, they have been in Egypt for 400 years. And the Israelites practically become Egyptians. They dress like them. They got the culture. So the doorpost where the blood was to let the angel know this is not, this is not an Egyptian. This is, uh, I'm glad I got the blood. 
somebody. If you got baptized in Jesus' name, you got the blood, baby. Somebody. I was some. And he came through what? At what? Midnight. It was midnight. It was midnight when the Red Sea parted. God's got this thing about midnight. And we are living in a midnight hour. So I am, so I am looking for the God that moves at midnight to move one more time. In, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Who am I talking to today? It may be midnight, baby, but the sun is about to shine on your situation. And the blood on the doorpost let the angel know who to skip over. Aren't you glad you've been baptized in Jesus' name? And the blood has applied. So the deaf angel, come on, somebody. You got a God that's got this thing all figured out. And I kept, the more I read, I kept running into this. And then I'm thinking, like, still the question. I'm not questioning God. I'm questioning the text. Why is that there? And then I looked at the Lamentations of Jeremiah, chapter 3. And it simply says, his mercies are new every morning. When does morning start? One second after midnight. You can wait for the sun if you want to. When I'm in a, oh, come on. I ain't waiting on the sun. I'm waiting on Jesus because one minute, come on, one second, when that clock says 12.01, I got new mercy, I got new grace, I got new power, I got new blood, I got new hope, I got... You ought to jump on your feet and say, God has already made provisions for me at midnight. My situation can... I, th- I think it was Percy Sledge. I- I'm sorry, my rock and roll cat. Y'all, y'all fired me at some point. But it was Percy Sledge that said, I'm going to wait till the midnight. How you know that song, girl? You've been, you been saved all your life. You're not supposed to know them songs. I hope Percy Sledge don't know more than you know. I'm not working, I'm not waiting on what Percy's preaching about. I'm waiting for the God of my salvation to move in my darkest hour. Come on. He don't have to wait till the sun. I'll move in your darkest hour. And what? Somebody ought to be jumping up on your feet and say, I got a God that works at midnight. Somebody shout amen. The past two or three years have been very stressful on us. I don't know how God processes things. I know he's always searching the earth, going to and fro. The devil is not the only one that goes to and fro. God goes to and fro. So here, we, we have got to start understanding 
that no matter what we see with our natural, natural eyes, God is still large and in charge. Just because he's silent doesn't mean he's not there. So I ask questions like, so where are you? No answer. Then I get my answer. You don't, you don't, got, you don't have the right to ask me questions. That means I brought you in. I'll take you out, and I'll, I'll create something that look better than you. Okay, he's having a bad day today. I said, move along. God does not give us the right to question him. Oh, we got really good. I see y'all men questioning him, yeah. He will not answer your questions. He said, let's get the progression right. I'm God and you're not. You don't get to ask me questions. Oh, I done made some, mini I made some enemies right there, huh? I got a plane ticket, baby. I, ain't, I got to stay here. I'm rolling out. I'll let the pastor deal with that. I, I'm going back to the West Coast, man. I'm saying. But we... Don't reserve the privilege to ask him questions. I know, I know. I didn't like it. But I goes like, okay. Because I would rather be walking down in a dust ball. <laughs> One less <laughs> wife comes in the in the prayer room like, honey, I'm like, I'm down here. He said, you, you don't, you, 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 you have the order wrong. You don't ask me questions. You obey my word. Amen. I don't have the luxury because, like, he says, does the clay say to the potter, what are you doing? I mean, I, I'm actually preaching out of the King James Version. While some of y'all are reading the Rick James version. She's laughing because, how do you know Rick James? I don't know Rick James. You lied to me, girl. You know Rick. <laughs> He's a super freak, man. I don't even know. Y'all looking at me like, how do you know Rick James, baby? How do y'all know Rick James? I'm an old school fool. I know who Rick James is. Earth and wind and fire and all that stuff. But more than that, I know who Jesus is too. Man. I like you. We don't reserve the right to ask him questions. I am the potter. You are the clay. I will fold you and mold you into what I want you to be. No clay asks the potter what I'm becoming coming. Because, you know, when the potters get through, he's going to be what the potter wants him to be. So rather than ask them questions, I want to know, 
what should I be doing while you're working it on me? What should I be doing while you're doing what you're doing? And what I got is that you should be praying through the process in prayer, helping God with your spirit and with your self as we humble ourselves under the hand of the mighty God. But because he may be folding you and making you, are you hearing right now, and molding you to something that you cannot become on your own way. So he'll change, come on somebody. So he'll take out this and put in that. So when you're done, you are, it's, 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 I, he, he, what he does, he says, am I, I am the potter. You are the clay, and I have the right to make you what I want you to be. I'm running into a little bit of stuff right here, but you can't, you know, and Jeremiah said, I went down to the potter's house, and he's got a, a work on the wheel. That didn't scare me. The stuff that I know, there's a lot of discounted and disthrowed out vessels that never made it to full. And the potter got tired of working on the clay because the clay was resisting the hands of the potter. And he just threw it off the wheel and put some more clay. Let me see how you're going to do. I'm talking to somebody now. The clay cannot say to the potter, what are you making me? But I feel the potter's hands, yes. It hurts. It does. But when the process is over, when the process is over, he's going to make me what I, he's going to make me into his likeness. He's going to make me to his purpose. I don't want my purpose. I want God's purpose. I want to be what God wants me to be. Somebody, you can't tell God who you want to be or what you want to be or how you want to be. You have to submit to the power of the hand of the potter. And he says, you don't get to question me. He's calling us to reach for us. God is not in the business of just doing things. Nothing has ever been out of his control. I know it looks like it, but it isn't. God was still in control when people were dying. God is still in control right now. He is allowing things to go the way they go. So when he steps in, you can tell the difference what's going on in your surroundings. And then you'll be able to say, wait a minute, I felt a shift. I went to bed one night and I got up the next morning and something was different. 
Are y'all hearing me what I'm saying? So Paul and Silas in that jail, they didn't wait till the jailhouse opened. Y'all not going to help me. They had chains on their hand and shackles on their legs, but they still with the praising God. Maybe you will get out of your mess if you'll quit pouting and get up and start praising. Maybe your situation will change if your faith, if your faith will change. Why is God making me? What do you mean why is God making you? He is making you what you are been praying for, but the process is not what you thought it was going to be. For the clay to become what the potter wants to be clay, the clay has to submit to the pressure of the potter's hand. Because only the potter knows what he's making the vessel. And I can't tell God what I want to be. He's making me into his likeness, not your likeness, nor my likeness. And the sooner I submit, the process goes really fast. Really fast. And so, in this day, Pastor, uh, I want you and your wife to get, how do I want to say this, ready for acceleration. So, as a matter of fact, we, we I mean, you guys do a good, a good deal of this. So I'm just going to say this, and this does pertaining to you as well. But it's like, like the singing and the shouting and the dancing uh, brings the appointed vision by God to an accelerating time. Us singing brings something into the atmosphere that changes. Your worship changes the atmosphere. If you're sitting there with your fingers locked and your mouth closed, that's your attitude which determines your altitude. Sorry. That means God is not coming where you are. You got to remember, God doesn't really need you. But you really need him. Did I say that? So I go back to the old hymns. Savior, don't pass me by. You got to say, God, don't leave. Oh, I'm feeling the Holy Ghost. Who am I talking to? Jesus, don't leave me in my situation. Don't change me. Shake me. Rock me. You got to get hungry for God. You got to get thirsty for God. You got to get up when ain't nobody getting up. Come on, somebody. You got to worship when nobody else is worshiping. What's she shouting about? Ain't your business, girl. I'm shouting because I got a God that can deliver me out of anything and everything by divine acceleration. And it can happen in a moment's time. I kept looking at this stuff in these last days. This acceleration is a purpose. Y'all going to try to build a building and uh, buy some land and 
there's going to be a lot of obstacles coming your way. But remember this, there's no obstacles with God. Now, if you really believe that, that what your pastor and them is trying to do right around here, because they can see growth coming, then it's time to get on board. Right? And so, in this divine revelation stuff, and, and, and you got to remember that in, in the book of Kings, um, there was a famine. Uh, I think it's Kings chapter 2 and 6 and 7. There's a famine, and it was, they were eating donkey heads and drug donkeys. Now I'm from the South. We're going to eat hog head, hog head cheese, hog tails, and foot. Well, I've never eaten drug doctors. I'm just, no. One lady calls to the king. I need your help. Last night we cooked my baby and ate him. Now we're going to, the other one, we don't, she don't want us to kill her baby, like I said. Man, I'm reading this stuff and I was like, man, this is crazy. Three and a half years. At the same time, when night falls, there are four lepers sitting at the gate of Samaria. They have to cry clean, clean, clean. And it's at midnight again. And one of the lepers said to the other, why do we sit here and just die? He goes like, they got food in there. He said, well, if we go in the city, they're going to kill you. Well, maybe we can get a donut before we die. <laughs> Stop by McDonald's, hey, two cheeseburgers really quick, you know. <laughs> oh, I'll touch you and give you liberty. <laughs> they made up their mind, if we're going to die getting food or we're just going to die here, I'd rather die trying to do something. I would rather die trying to get out of my situation. I would rather die, come on, help me. Don't just sit there and die. Tell the devil, you can't kill me. If you, if you could kill me, I would already be dead. But because I'm not dead, I'm not going to. So I'm going to get up. Come on, somebody. And I'm going to do something about my situation. I don't know. I don't know. But somehow God partnered with their, with their faith. And they said when they walked in the city, it sounded like an army. All the Syrians fled out, left food and clothes and jewelry and money. I'm still looking for that place. I ain't lying. <laughs> I, mean, I would have been in a pawn shop on Monday morning. <laughs> and it happened 
overnight. One day they were broke, no food. The king is walking around with this crow, with this, <laughs> the king is an idiot. I'm sorry about that. But he, he has his royal garments on underneath and sackcloth on top. Like, you ain't, he's like, I'm, I'm looking like I'm starving, but he wasn't starving. He wasn't starving. In less than 24 hours, everybody had food. Divine, spiritual acceleration. If he can do that in the natural, he can do that in the spiritual. What's your name? Yeah. Sheila, you got any people out there that need to be in here? You got a brother? What's his name? Tyreek. Would it blow your mind? One of these is just out of nowhere. Tyreek goes to the back door. You look like a baby. Because Tyreek, I ain't going to never go to that church. And here he comes. What would you do? Yeah. Yeah. Well, don't sit there and look at me. Get up and praise him. Now, I want, I want to know, what would you really do? Would you just pity Pat or would you go crazy? Don't wait till you... Don't wait till you, come on, don't wait till you see it. Praise him. Because one chain, one prayer can break the chain. One, one hallelujah can open up a house. You're sitting on your mama, on your daddy, shout until the battle's over. Run, girl. Run, girl. You can't wait, baby. You got to say, God, I believe that you're going to do something powerful. I'm going to wait. I'm going to praise him when I don't even see it. So, the third chapter of the book of Jeremiah says, his Mercies are new every morning, one second after midnight. I don't care what you use in that 24-hour window, one second after midnight, brand new mercies, brand new grace, brand new miracles. And an accelerated time. Somebody shout amen. Israel walked away from God, had to come back. You understand the story here. If God did it for them, God can do it for us. Back to the building. I want you to begin to pray that God would accelerate what you need. Amen. You tell God you're in an accelerated season, okay? 
be detailed. God, God is not an old God move. By the way, if you're praying like, Lord, move. <laughs> Who's she talking to? You don't tell me to move, girl. I move when I get ready. I learned that the hard way. You got to tell him what you want, how you want it, and when you want it. Why? Because the more detailed your prayer is, the more quicker that prayer is going to be answered. I asked God for a car. I'll never do that again. I asked God for a car. He gave me a car. It was a green Dodge Dart in line six. I went back to the prayer and said, God, I know you're from Jerusalem. I know you're Jewish, but brothers don't drive green cars without air conditioning. And the windshield wiping don't work. He said, son, you asked for a car. I said, so you're getting picky now. He says, I've always been picky. You pray a general prayer, it requires no answer. For all of y'all sitting down there talking about, God, move. God goes like, okay. He ain't doing that. Move when? Move where? Move how? Oh, you're nitpicking. Go ahead and do it your way. You'll get a green dart with no acquisition. <laughs> so then I asked, what's up? Everybody say the word specificity. Specificity. It took me a long night for days to even say that word. And don't ask me to spell it, okay? I have no idea how to spell that word. My prayers are so suspect and just so detailed that I know when they're answered. That's good. That's good. Because I didn't pray a general prayer. Right. It was right there. And God will not answer general prayers. Like, oh, move, God move, God move, like where? When, how, for who? God's not that picky. Oh, yes, he is. He is that picky. So if you're going to pray a prayer, pray the prayer so detailed that you know when it's been answered. All right, that's good. When you know. So the next time I pray for a car, I detail it down to the color, the gear shift, the cassette player, the air conditioner. I said, God, trust me, brothers need air conditioning. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the more specific that prayer is, the more you know that God answered that prayer. Do you understand what I'm saying? So I want you to start specifically telling you what you, what God, telling God what you need. Money, what you need to happen with the city, what you need to happen with the, all this stuff that's around you, all these acres. And when you ask for money, don't ask for spare change. Don't ask for spare change. Don't ask for enough because we serve a more than enough God. Amen. You can do that because God trusts you with his finances. You, you, you would not be in this building if God didn't trust this man with finances. I don't even know him that well, but I know this man is not going to do anything with your money that God does not want him to do. If he's going to build a building, he's going to build a building. If he, I wish somebody get behind me right now. You start praying. Y'all start praying. 
God will not only give you what you need, but sometimes he will give you what you want if you understand them. All right? Let me get down to this because I'm, I'm boring some of you. I, re, I just refuse to be defeated when the Bible says I am more than a conqueror. God says to you and me, he says, I know my thoughts for you. I know my plans for you. I want to bless you and give you peaceful nights. God's plan cannot go forth on your, in your life if you don't have hope and faith, especially in the middle of your trouble. But in every instant that I've talked to tonight, Israel was at a midnight hour. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Y'all made me lose my thought here, man. Israel was in the midnight hour. Paul and Silas was in the midnight hour. And this leprous was in the midnight hour. And so we learned that God works the night shift. This is why you're not, you do not need to be afraid. Fear disrupts faith. It, it locks us up. And they say, why does he have to take so long? I don't know because I don't question God anymore. I'm still scared of the dust ball thing, you know. <laughs> but I have learned to that God says, you've given me a problem that's worse than what you can see because you're looking at the surface. I'm looking at layers of things underneath the surface that you don't even see. You're not helping me. Why is God taking his time? Listen, listen. Because God is a detailed God. And he's not going to give you a miracle that's going to fall apart on you. So he's going to stay way down here. He may be going four generations in your past. You don't even know your great, 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 great grandmother made him be the... A, a, a drug dealer or a witch. Or you don't even know what, what's going on in your own life. God will go four generations behind you and start working up to where you are. And then when you are delivered, you're delivered from everything. My daddy was an alcoholic, but baby, I'm an apostolic. God doesn't want my past. Uh, God doesn't want my past to come back. He said, "I'm going to kill everything in your past, every devil in your past." God will go down and down until He gets there and work His back up to where you are. So let Him work. Look at your neighbor and say, "Let Him work." I don't care how long it takes. Let Him work. Let him unravel that thing. Let him take it off. Let him put it back together like it's supposed. Come on, somebody. Some of y'all don't even, listen. 
Some of y'all are dealing with stuff that's so long and so dead and so gone, you don't even know what you're dealing with. My daddy was an alcoholic. I was dealing with stuff. I don't, I'm, are y'all listening to me? I don't need a little pretty crab for two seconds. That ain't going to change nothing to me. God's got to go all the way back down to where this thing started from and start putting things together in the back and land a sound. Oh, then he gives me the Holy Ghost. Now I'm not going to fall back into my drug life. I will not be an alcoholic just because my daddy was one because my second father is not an alcoholic. I'm an apostolic and not an apostolic. Somebody ought to jump and shout. That's what deliverance says. He just don't deliver me from me, but he delivers me from my past, from my grandfather, my great family. But y'all are not here preaching. Do I love them? Yes, but I don't want their sins hanging and clanging on me. I want to be free. If you want to be free, you ought to jump up on your feet and say, I want to be free. Free to dance. Free to shout. Free to run. Free to live. I want divine acceleration to get me out of the place I'm in. Men, uh, I want the music to come to give them hope. That means I hope that dude shut up. <laughs> God says, I know my plans. And you got to wait on me. I know you have prophecies that you think won't be fulfilled, but the devil is a liar. I know you got loved ones and friends you don't be saved, but you just keep working. The best way to do it is as you praise him like is already done. No, 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 wait. Why? Why? Because it takes faith to praise God when you don't see nothing happening. But don't worry. Don't worry. Because Aaron and all the priests had a little spout about, you know, him being the high priest. And everybody had a rod made out of an almond tree. And so Moses says, we can solve this. Everybody bring their little stick, and we're going to put it in the Ark of the Covenant. And they closed it. And 24 hours later, 24 hours later, divine acceleration. And I live on the West Coast. It takes an almond tree five years to produce fruit on an almond leaf. From the time they plant it, so they got fruit five years. God calls a stick that wasn't even planted in the ground. I 
don't know what you serve. I serve a bad God. So I'm saying, he can do anything for anybody, anywhere, and anywhere. No sunlight. No sun. No water. No air. They're locked in that box. All those rods. Name on them. In less than 24 hours, Aaron's rod had budded without roots, without the ground, without photosensitives, without the... <laughs> Not only did it bud, but it brought forth fruit in less than 24 hours. Divine acceleration. I come to tell living hope. I'm going to speak divine acceleration over you today. But you got to put your faith with mine. Said, I've been waiting for a long time, Jesus. But I believe you're about ready to give me everything I've ever asked for. Does anybody, anybody want to partner with me tonight? I don't know, but I feel the angels are walking up in here today. I said, there's angels walking here today. So I want to call you, if you're in the house today, you've been praying for people for a long time, you need to quickly make your way up here. Are y'all ready with me? Answers prayers will be answered. Past promises will come to fruition. Unfulfilled prophecy will become in this season of divine acceleration. If God said it, he can and he will do it. But you got to believe. It's been five years. Five years is nothing with God. It's not even a drop in the ripple of time. Do you not understand that? Do you not understand that? Do you not understand that? It's not even, it doesn't even affect the ripple of time. A hundred years doesn't even affect the, 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 the rhythm of time at all. We don't serve a five-minute, ten-minute. God goes, watch now. This is the way he said it. God stood at the edge of nothingness and spoke it, and then he, before, listen to me, you got to get this. Before it was ever formed, he walked down through it. From the beginning, he said, I'm the beginning, I am the end, I'm the first and the last. I don't make this up. I just read it. So he walks to the edge of time, looking at everything. Oh, 
that's a mess, that's a mess. That's. And then when he gets to the edge of time, he goes back. Fix this mess, fix that mess. I'm going to do it again because some of you are not getting it. I know y'all think I'm going to crack, but I'm not. He, he walks through my life, sees everything I've been to. Everything is oh, shut up. Everything I've been to. He saw my drugs. He said, everything, I, come on now. And he, he gets to the end and goes like, that is not the end I want for you. So he turns it around. Come on now. Remember, he goes from the beginning to the end, but he doesn't stop there. Then he goes from the end back to the beginning. Why? Because I'm going to fix this. I'm going to fix that. I'm going to fix, oh, you're not helping me. I'm going to fix this. I'm going to fix that. And then he gets back up because like, all right now. All right now, God, God's already saw all your mess. God has already saw all your faults and all your, and he came through time and he said, I'll fix it for you if you just let me fix it. You'll submit to me if you obey me, I'll fix it for you. You got to remain, listen, we're going to pray. I, we, we say cute little Pentecostal stuff that ain't even true. Or oh, I found God. God ain't never been, he ain't never been lost. You didn't find God. He ain't a nickel on the floor. He found you. Why? Because you, he knew you couldn't find him. I didn't find God. God found me, a drug addict. I want you to work for me. I'm like, oh, man, you got the wrong cat. I got the wrong cat now, but when I get through with you, you'll be the right cat. We sing songs that we just lie. He picked me up, turned me around, said my I felt the favor. I felt the master. I felt God. And go to bed like Jesus. Where you at, Jesus? Fake talking in tongues. Like an Indian. No faith. No answers. We think we're going to make Jesus. Like our kids, you know, when you're whooping them, they, they make these ugly faces. And they holler, oh, okay, Bubba, okay. You know they lying to you. You know they go, I ain't going to never do that again. No, you lie. My mom was deep. She beat harder. Yes, you will. No, I won't. Yes, you will. Well, yes, I will then. Oh, you can start now. <laughs> then they go get a board and beat your brains out. <laughs> I kept saying I wanted. <laughs> Where is he? He's working on the stuff I can't work on. He, he is rearranging my life in places I cannot rearrange. He's going underneath, underneath my bloodline. I might be dealing with generational curses that come from people I don't even know. And God said, for me to clean you up for me to put you I've got to go all the way down that tree all the way down until I find what we call the stronghold 
the generational curse. And then he said, I can fix that from here, and then I'll bring it. But I got to fix everything in your lineage to get to you where I want you to be. So it requires my patience. So I, I'm working on me while he's working on me. And when, and when we meet that intersection, the next thing you know, your hands are in the air. Tears are flowing down your face. You're coming out of that baptism and your hands are raised up. And you're speaking in tongues. And you have no idea how you got there. I'll tell you how you got there. There's a God that loves you more than you love yourself. Right now, my, my wife would be nod at me saying, okay, Bip, you're done. Bip, that's my street name. You're done. She'd be like, lift your hands. Father, we stretch our hands and our faith to you right now. I'm praying big prayers from my families, from my friends, and from my neighbors. We're going to pray big prayers for our city, our state, for our church, for our nation, our world. We pray for a divine visitation of your spirit in this house today. Loose your spirit. I need somebody to begin to riff your mouth now. Open your mouth. Loose your spirit in this house today. You are faithful to the faithful. Your promises and prophecies are new every morning. Loose warring angels in this house today. Cast down every unclean spirit. Cast down every spirit. Bind every spirit. Every warlock. Every witch. Every unclean spirit in this region. Release your army of angels in this house today. God, give us this city. I want y'all to help me. Lift your hands right now and tell God, give us the city. Come on, tell God, give us this city. Come on, open your hands. Lift your hands. God, give us this city in Jesus' name. We put everything under our feet, God. We be believe in your word. I commission you today by the power of the Holy Ghost. Somebody say in Jesus' name. Let your mercy, your grace, your power, your might go back today as we, did, as we are here and ready to, we're ready to experience divine revelation divine exploits, divine acceleration, where things that used to happen in years will now happen in weeks. Things will happen in weeks, will happen in, in months, will happen in weeks. Things will happen in weeks, will happen in days, and things that happen in days will happen in moments of time. If you want to receive that today, lift your hand. Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without knowing the exact path that it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. Be sure to subscribe and watch us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, visit us at www.livinghopemd.com. I'm going to wait on you, Jesus. I'm going to wait on you, Jesus.